I think that's the key is you have to decide, okay, this is a milestone and we can do it fast and furiously. We can plan it out. But either way, the marking of the experience is what counts and the community that forms around that discovery, that realization is really valuable, especially for women. In her book, Circle of Stones, author Judith Dewark asks, how might your life have been different if there had been a place for you to go to be with your mother, with your sisters and aunts, with your grandmothers and the great and great-great-grandmothers, a place of women to go, to be, to return to as a woman? How might your life have been different? This is Shame Piñata. I'm Colleen Thomas. Welcome, welcome to the second season of Shame Piñata, where we talk about creating rites of passage for real-life transitions. I am so glad you've come back to join us for season two. And if you're new to the show, welcome. I'm especially happy to have you here today because this season we will begin to branch out and talk about rites of passage people have created for events beyond weddings. Weddings are amazing, don't get me wrong, but there are many more life transitions that we can honor with ceremony. We're going to start off today with the life transition that probably comes most readily to mind when I say the words, rite of passage. Today, we will meet Susan Burgess Lent and her daughter, Nicole Lent. Susan and Nicole will tell us about their Welcome to Womanhood ceremony, the one that Susan created when Nicole turned 16. The setting for the ceremony was their home, to which Susan invited her closest women friends to bring a symbolic gift to honor her daughter. The ceremony was 17 years ago, but you can hear how it is still an important part of their lives today. Susan, I wanted to start with you and ask you what inspired you to create the Welcome to Womanhood ceremony for Nicole. It was a process. I think I was discovering what it meant to be a woman more profoundly at the time than I had before. And when we had Nicole, I I decided that my purpose was to raise a competent and compassionate human being. And I realized that at the same time, she'd also be kind of a captive of her gender. Mm. There were bad things that would happen because that's what happens to women. And, much to my grief, I couldn't prevent them. And so, you know, this was an initiation into another level of the sisterhood. You know, my generation dealt with a lot more. We were more thoroughly indoctrinated into deference. I didn't want that passed on (laughs) to my daughter. So, um, you know, and I think also her struggle uh, during her early teen years and exhausted both of us. Mm. And I wanted to celebrate the end of that as well as this new phase that she'd come into that seemed somehow more grounded. Mm. And what background did you have with ritual at that time, Susan? 
not a lot beyond you know the usual holiday things and birthday celebrations, the, the normal ones that we have. But I also felt that uh, some kind of maybe subconscious need to translate the um, more religiously oriented rituals that I had grown up with into something that was secular and uh, to the point uh, of providing Nicole with some real tools. And can you put into words the kind of tools you wanted to provide her with? I think that it was that, first of all, that there were a whole lot of women out there who'd come before her who knew the path, had suffered, many of them, some of the things that would happen to her and got through it and figured out what to do next. Plus, their gifts were 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 sort of iconic, you know, things to carry, things to wear, things to listen to uh, that had provided some support for them in their lives. And I, I feel like the ceremony had as much impact on them as it might have had on Nicole. I asked Susan and Nicole to take a step back for a moment and describe what happened in the ceremony. Nicole, do you want to do that or should I? You can go ahead. Well, okay. I had invited my women friends. Uh, I had a circle of about 10 women or so. And I told them that I wanted them to share with with Nicole the wisdom that they had acquired over, over the years being a woman. And that if they wanted to bring some gift it would be in the form of something that was symbolic. And they could read a poem or they could play some music or they could dance or they could have an object. It didn't matter. I left it up to them. And what were some of the gifts that showed up? Um, I can speak to that because I still have many of them. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One was this gorgeous woven, very intricately woven basket that our friend had made by hand and I've used it for so many things over the years. Um, and it's held strong for, yeah, pretty much like 15, 17 years at this, at this point. Yeah. And it's like, a, it's just a gorgeous bag that I've used for produce when I'm at the farmer's market and carrying import. I've like kept precious items in it. And it was, it's just sturdy and very, um, like, it, it looks like she had spent hours on it, but I think she was, you know, adept in these weaving skills. So maybe it was, but it was very thoughtful. And another friend gave me um, Joni Mitchell's album, Blue, which I love. And I've listened to, like, in times of heartbreak and in times of, um, you know, just the, she's, she wrote a card that said something like, these songs are tattoos on my soul and have been with me for like, you know, profound moments in my life. And I hope that they can be there for you the way that they were for me. And I listened, that album was like, it was like a friend to lean on. Um, And then another friend made this beautiful, she's a mosaic um, tile and glass artist. And she made this, a mirror that was like, specifically crafted and tailored towards like a young kind of like angsty teenager artsy (laughs) vibe (laughs) 
um, but that I loved and that I had in my room. And um, I forget which fr- another friend had made. She she did a painting of like it was an image of a woman that was kind of in transition that I had in my room for a long time. And there was also the crown. I wore a crown like a. Fl- it was like kind of a. A bramble yeah. and with flowers, um, you know, while I was in the middle of this ceremony. And that it just felt like an honor to be uh, celebrated and cherished. And that was a symbol of that. Um, those are some of the gifts I can think of. There, I, I, I'm sure there's more, but, you know, it's been some time. But a lot of good stuff. A lot of precious, thoughtful, deliberate offerings. Wow, that sounds amazing. It sounds like the people who showed up really had prepared and were really fully present with you. Yeah, everyone seemed to take it very seriously. And, you know, it was light and we had, we had, we enjoyed ourselves and we had, you know, some nice breakfast and, um, but yeah, everyone, like, it was like, the experience of transition into womanhood was something that everyone present took very seriously. Was it something that you talked with your friends about afterward? I did. And um, I was the only person that I knew that had had something like that, aside from, you know, friends that had ceremonies related to religion or cultural background, be it a bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, quinceanera or things of that nature but as far as like a non-religious based rite of passage ceremony I was the only person that I knew that had experienced such a thing so my friends were really curious and excited and intrigued by by that we'll be right back it's wonderful to have you here If you value what you hear on the show, you can become part of the Shame Pinata community by getting on the mailing list for all upcoming events and news. Learn more at shamepinata.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the show in your favorite pod player if you haven't already. We spoke a little bit about this before, but I'm curious if you can say more about how, well, the broad question is how did the ritual change you? But specifically, I'm curious how how it changed your relationship with ritual, if at all. I think just the the importance and significance of getting women friends together for me personally is really profound. And at one point I was in a, a fashion collective and we, one day I was just like, you know, it'd be really I'd love to just go somewhere where I could scream and not be heard. That would be nice. Do you guys want to go to the top of a mountain and just scream if you need to? And we had other like sage burnings and um, four directions, just release ceremonies or spreading ashes of friends that had passed. These things became a regular activity in my life. And I think that that having ritual being a thing 
that was important to me in my teenage years, like carried on into my adult years and still is important to me. Mm. Same question to you, Susan. How did your relationship with ritual change, if at all, after the ceremony? Well, I I took it very seriously that um, this sort of thing ought to be incorporated in many more ways in our lives. And I spent a lot of time in Africa, and I know that the sense about rituals of all kinds was a really important part of lives. And it, it was both a pause and a reset that said, okay, we have something to celebrate, to grieve, to whatever it was. There was a whole way of doing it that honored the, the community, uh, not just women, but men and women together. And I felt that um, rituals that women can have, in particular, uh, around major events, um, certainly a birth, welcoming, um, you know, the transition to womanho- womanhood, uh, motherhood, menopause, all of those things. I and mean, we have some ceremonies. I'm, I'm not sure that I qualify a baby shower as a ceremony, but <laughs> it, it sort of is. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are major points of change in a woman's life. And gathering more women together just makes it better. (laughs) I'm curious, Susan, from your perspective, did the ceremony 17 years ago change Nicole in any way? Oh, I'm sure it had an impact. I think the thing that I noticed right away is that she seemed to begin to take herself more seriously as a woman. And I felt that, you know, she's become partly because of the support around the issue of being a a good human being. She's become a really extraordinary individual who is intelligent, beautiful, and and fierce uh, in particular about what she thinks is fair and right. And all those things are, are honored when you say, these are the values that matter in the world, in our world, in our women's lives. And taking yourself seriously on that is a real big deal. Is that something you were aware of, Nicole? I think it, it, it felt nice to be taken seriously at that ritual. Like it felt like I was being taken seriously. So it seems natural that I would shift into feeling in my power Having women acknowledge what a powerful, um, you know, moment of transition this is for you. Um, You don't get that. I wasn't getting that in school. (laughs) I was getting it in a very different way, which was not always welcome. So (laughs) having that acknowledged by, you know, elder women who I respected, along with accompanied by wisdom that was helpful, um, definitely was encouraging to step into my power, I would say. Mm, that's wonderful. And that's a, such a intense time, such a potent time to be given, shown that mirror and welcomed stepping into our own power. So what advice would you both have for somebody who is considering maybe doing this for their child, a coming of age sort of ceremony? 
Well, I would say that you have to start wherever it is you are. You know, you you can, you don't have to be elaborate. You just have to be honest and creative. Mm-hmm. What works for you? Mm-hmm. And and really, there's wonderful research all over the place about uh, you know customs for women. Some of them aren't so good, but the ones that are have you know objects and scents and foods, and you can integrate a whole lot of things into this. I think we did have cake <laughs> and some other, things, but I can't recall now. You know, it's it's all it's a total sensory experience if you want it to be. How about you, Nicole? Any thoughts on advice for someone considering creating one? Yeah, I would say I was thinking along the same lines of just making sure you meet your child where they're at, like, you know, tailoring it specifically to who they are. Like you have to get to know, (laughs) get to know what your, what your child is into and what things might appeal to them. And, and that will kind of guide you in how to arrange something like this so that it's not like a scary, terrifying, it's an inviting thing to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Like, I was, I felt comfortable and like it was like something to look forward to and something I was excited to participate in. Mm. And I think it is important, like, you know, we talked about maybe, wouldn't it be nice if we had some of my friends my age there? But I think for me, the powerful element in it was that I was being welcomed to womanhood by elders. And um, that was a unique experience for me that stands out is just having women that have lived it that can share about it and and have fun with it like it it should be a fun thing (laughs) yeah most of all it should be fun yeah i do remember that little crown it was it was grapevines intertwined with flowers as i recall and you look so cute in it (laughs) (laughs) but on a final note that it's i just want to emphasize how important I feel that rituals and ceremonies marking rites of passage are in this day and age. I feel like it's becoming even more important with just like how time moves more quickly and rapidly with technology, especially having just those moments where you celebrate and honor like, wow, this is a major pivotal life thing. And it's going to go by really quick. And let's take a moment to just honor this together. I think that's really important. I do too. I think you said it very well. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for inviting us to re- revisit the, the time and the thoughts that went with it. If there is a young person in your life who's approaching a coming-of-age milestone, there are so many resources that can support you in creating a religious or a non-religious ceremony to mark that transition. I hope that Susan and Nicole's story has widened your ideas about what that could look like. And if listening to this story brought up any sadness about missing an opportunity to celebrate a coming-of-age for yourself or someone else, know that ritual transcends space and time. And it's 100% possible to create retroactive rituals. We'll talk more about those this season, too. Susan Burgess Lent is a veteran international aid worker, warrior for women's rights, 
author, mentor, and public speaker. She is founder and executive director of Women's Centers International, an Oakland-based nonprofit that creates safe resource centers for women affected by conflict and poverty. Nicole Lent is studying to become a trauma-informed substance abuse counselor. Pre-pandemic, Nicole worked as a chef for musicians and events. Nicole is passionate about dance, comedy, and performance art. Our music is by Terry Hughes. Learn more at shamepinata.com. I'm Colleen Thomas. Thanks for listening.